You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. All right, guys, before we get started, let me tell you about the Dodge Summer Clearance Event. Heat up the summer at the Dodge Summer Clearance Event. Show a little muscle with the Dodge Charger or Dodge Challenger and leave everyone else envying your beach bod. Come in now to the Dodge Summer Clearance Event and see why so many are joining the Brotherhood of Muscle. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. We're here in the studio with our friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. And before we uh, begin, I'm going to tell you real quick about JB Weld. It's a proud new sponsor of the CarCast show. This epoxy adhesive brand is used by both pros and experienced DIYers and have trusted for over 50 years. It can be found at retailers everywhere, including Home Depot, AutoZone, Walmart, and Amazon. You know, uh, that intro noise is uh, is a Dodge Hellcat doing launch control, and I'm driving a Hellcat wide body. You probably had the same car recently or something. I, I, I think it's the same guy. I think it's the, the same charity one. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the big bright orange. Yeah. The wide body, it's all squared up, 305s in all four corners, and uh, I got to do this drag race thing with Goldberg at some point soon. He's uh, he's traveling, by the way. He's on his way to, to Atlanta to film his show, so uh, we're just going to hold down the fort here. And uh, that car doesn't hook up. like. No. People explain to me they they been asking me because I've been posting on social media. Dude, how's the Hellcat? How's the Hellcat? And I, I say it's very American. But that's kind of the joy of it, you know. We get so used yeah. to supercars that just grip forever. I mean, I had it on the circuit at Fontana, and yeah, you can it feels soft and floppy. You can slide it around, but that, yeah. that make, kind of makes it fun because you can feel the limits. You can have some fun, you know. You it, can. I'm sure it's got loads of traction in the t- corners. It's got so much tire on the ground, but it, even with a 305, it's like you hit the launch control. It spins the tires. Yeah. And you can adjust the RPM. I brought it down to a 1,000 RPM launch. Uh, it still blows the tires away. So I'm going to bring it down more and see. I tried it without the launch control and just trying to roll into the throttle. It just it just tears tires apart. I don't know how you launch that thing. It has the power to probably run low 12s, high 11s, but you're going to run 14s because you can't get that thing <laughs> to hook up. Once it's going... I'm sure it's fast. Yeah. I bet 30 to 100 is fantastic, but zero to anything is 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 crazy. But it puts on a good show. So here's my strategy is we're going to go to Michigan. We're going to try to do this drag race thing. If I can't get it to hook up, I'm just going to try to do it like a 1,000-foot burnout and put on a good show. I'm like, oops, I lost. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should be who does the longest burnout, not who's fastest. Right? That's what it should be, a burnout contest. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and super easy with with an, with the automatic, yeah. the automatic transmission. Man, uh, it's good to see you again. I'm glad you're back in the studio. We've got a bunch of things to talk about. Um, uh, you know, we we've touched on it last week or so. Uh, of course, Goodwood. We're not going to get into Goodwood too much, but I do want to hear about the McLaren that you drove. You got some trucks that are going on, um, Porsche stuff, all kinds of great stuff, but. Uh, I see that you got your jeans on today, <laughs> which is great. Everyone's got a favorite pair of jeans that fit perfect and always look great. No one knows this better than Wrangler. Wrangler jeans made for the modern day adventures. Whether you like a, to ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, these jeans are for you. If you're in LA, skinny jeans. I wonder where that segue was going then. Yeah, skinny jeans. Uh, classic or modern styles, a range of fits and a, and a price that works for you, plus vintage re-releases. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, and outerwear for men and women. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. Yeah, see, that's a new that's a new ad. That, you had yeah. no idea we were going to do, do that one. You're like, well, I do have my jeans on today. What happened? Did I yeah. stain them? What's going on? Uh, well, hopefully they're Wranglers. Otherwise, we're screwed. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> all right, man. What's going on? What do you got going on? First of all, tell us about the McLaren because we're 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 bleeding over with our Goodwood talk from the last week and whatnot. So you were invited by McLaren to drive the 600 LT, the long tail. Yeah. So this is based on the 570. This is the lightweight version. So in Ferrari speak, this was like the 458. Um, Speciale. So it's basically the hardcore, uh, lightweight version of a 570. So what does that mean? No radio, no air? 
not quite that far, but a lot more, a lot more carbon. I mean, they've, you can opt for the the center seats in it, for example. Um, you've got to take out the carpet, take out, you know, really strip it back. And the great thing is the exhaust yeah. now come out the the top of the the engine cover. So oh yeah, st- yeah, we saw that. No, we saw that there. And I'll remind you guys that uh, uh, when Adam and I were up there, we did a bunch of videos. Um, we did uh, like five videos for Vero social media, and we're doing five videos for uh, for Motor Trend on for demand. Um, I, I don't. I've never you probably never heard of them. No. But our McLaren video will be on Vero. And my McLaren video is and, on the Edmunds YouTube and channel. Your McLaren video will be on the Edmunds YouTube channel. So it's check already that out. there. Um, but it was great fun, and and that car's. I mean, that car is faster than the McLaren. Everybody talks about the McLaren F1 as being the ultimate hypercar. Yeah, this is a car that you can buy for two hundred forty thousand dollars, which is much faster. And what was kind of weird about it, I've driven at Goodwood a few times, but this was the first time I'd driven the car. So you come out of the supercar paddock, you go about two hundred yards down to the start line turn around, I mean, you know all this, and then, then you're yeah. sat there in the in the queue. So the first time I hit the brakes in anger was was corner one, and McLaren's insurers insisted on putting somebody in the passenger seat, um, one of their pro drivers, Rob Garifall, and I said to him, what, what are you going to do? You haven't even got a handbrake. Yeah. So basically, this guy's here to witness the crash. I mean, no more yeah, than that's that. That's all I can do. It was like, eh, it wasn't really his fault. It yeah. was a, a chipmunk in the road. Like, what is he going to do? Yeah, exactly. And it was kind of the fastest road test I've ever done, about a minute long. But uh, I'm going to go and drive the car probably later in the year, <laughs> probably in Hungary. And it was. Well, uh, you can't write a whole article about this. You've been in it for a minute. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been done before, <laughs> not at Edmunds. I've, I've seen it done. But uh, it's a great. I mean, it's a great thing. I, I like McLaren's Germany. This is taking kind of raw edge to it. Yeah. So it sits somewhere between the 570 and then the 720, which is more. Um, you know, you put the luxury back into it. So this is stripped out. It's raw. It's loud. It's it's a little bit obnoxious. If you flip the throttle, you actually have flames coming out of the exhaust above yeah. the engine hood. Um, but it looks terrific. It goes extremely hard, and I can't wait to drive it on a, a proper road we, track. We, we talked to the guys at McLaren as well, and they told us that uh, uh, around the road course, I don't know whatever road course they tested on. Yeah, they said that this one, the 600 LT, is about as quick, if not quicker, than their than their 720S, which is significantly more money. I believe that. I mean, it's got uh, 600 PS, which is, what, 592 horsepower, something yeah. like that. So it's got a little bit of hot, but, it, but it's it's focused on performance. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is a car for the track. The 720 is a car right. to take to... You know, to take to Pebble Beach, the the 600 LT is is a car for for track days that you obviously you can drive there. And so, drive does back it there. rattle your teeth out, or, or or no? I drove it up the hill climb, so we need so to we need to spend to a bit it's of time on the road. Yeah, yeah but it's got to be a little loud. No real sound deadening. It's about 220 pounds lighter than than the 570, yeah. I guess. Depending uh, how you spec it up, but yeah. but yeah, with a little bit more power. But it's more about that kind of guttural feel. Uh, you know, you take out the carpets, you're sitting in a carbon fiber bucket. So it's it's just that much more immediate. Do you, do you recall how much it weighs? Uh, off the top of my head, you're right. It's about 220 pounds. I'm trying to remember overall. We might have to look that one up. I want to say it's got to be 3,000 pounds a car. I don't think yeah. – I don't know if it does 3,000 pounds. And I bring that up. you've got the carbon monocoque, which helps save a little bit. Yeah, and I bring that up because making a car that's street legal with airbags and bumpers and all this shit and traction control we got to put in the cars – if it's three thousand pounds, that's tough to do. Yeah, you know, I've got a Hellcat outside. It's got to be forty five hundred pounds, forty four, forty three. I don't know what it is, but it's well north of four thousand pounds, right? And it wasn't that long ago we were talking about a new eight series. I'm like, oh, new eight series is going to be fast. New eight fifty or forty or whatever. Not the M, just the regular one's going to be zero to sixty in three point sec- seven, three point eight seconds. It's like, yeah, that's fast, but it's going to weigh forty seven hundred pounds. So now you got to do it with like an incredible amount of horsepower and torque and all wheel drive and all that stuff. McLaren's version of it is: let's make it light. Let's give it two wheel drive, which makes it lighter, right? Compared to four wheel yeah. drive. Throw some horsepower on it, and maybe you know, maybe we ditch the carpets and the radio in the process because who needs that stuff? <laughs> well, I was talking to their CEO, a guy called Mike Flew, who's done a terrific job of building that building that company up, and he was saying, you know, they want to, yeah, they're not going to get out of the horsepower race, but they also want to win the lightweight race. And yeah. if you combine the two, then then that's where it is. But I mean, these things are getting so fast. I mean, we talked about it before. These yeah. things are getting so fast, real fast. Yeah, yeah. I just watched. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are going to start getting your hands on it, but Porsche, Porsche released a little bit of a video, uh, kind of a teaser first impression around their test track of their Mission E. Yeah, the, which, the Taycan as it is now. Yeah, is, is that what it's going to call? Yeah. I mean, Mission E, great name. Everybody yeah. knows it. 
So they they thrown that out now. It's now going to be called the the Taycan. How do you spell it? T a y c a n. So it's like the um, what was the movie with um, Liam Neeson? Taken. Taken. So it's kind of think of that. It's basically yeah. that with a different spelling. I think of that bird with the cereal with the big nose and the stripes on his nose. What's the what's the toucan? Chris, do you eat a lot of cereal? What's the what's the name of that damn bird with the with the big nose? That's that's a toucan, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is Fruit Loops. Sam, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's it's gonna get confusing. It's gonna, <laughs> gonna get confusing when that thing comes out. Mission E is better. Yeah. Well, I was in Atlanta last week with the um, actually had a meeting with Porsche down there, and and how is that facility? That's interesting because we have the Porsche Experience Center here in LA. They have yeah. another one down in down in Atlanta, which is their HQ. They got this fabulous building with some of the old cars in there. They had a <laughs> Mission E Taycan, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, this weekend. And out the back, they have this this Experience Center, and they actually took me for um, they took me for a lap in a, in a 911. I just jumped in the passenger seat. And what's interesting about it is it's just got guardrails everywhere, so it's super tight with guardrails, which just makes it feel that much faster. But I think Porsche is doing a great job with those facilities. It actually gives you a real sort of sense of experience of what those cars can do. And if the average owner who's who's buying one doesn't really doesn't fully appreciate what you know the depth of ability those cars have, sitting next to a pro driver on a tight yeah. twisty circuit like that gives you a lot of appreciation. Do you think the Mission E is going to go over well or or not? It's going to be Porsche already shocked the system by releasing a couple of SUVs, right? So now we're over it. Yeah, and Porsche now sells more SUVs than they do 911 than they do sports cars. Yeah. Uh and as, I don't know Goldberg wants one if Goldberg wants an electric car then then presumably it's going to be you know if you yeah. can convince him you can probably convince anybody. I I mean obviously we haven't driven it yet. It looks fantastic. Um you know there's huge engineering resource behind it. I'm sure it'll drive well. Um and it's desirable. I mean you know th- this is what Tesla have done so well. They've made electric cars desirable. And you know that Porsche looks well, fabulous. I'm I'm curious to see how it how it works. Um, yeah, I know you spent some time in the Jaguar I Pace as well, and I'm fascinated with that as well because part of the brand image of these car companies is having a car meet certain standards, uh, certain performance standards, certain luxury standards, things like that. Like if you're a Tesla and you go from the ground up, you can kind of just do whatever do whatever you want. And then you got something like a Chevy Bolt or something like that where it's really about how do we get an electric car in the hands of people as inexpensively as possible. Yeah. So and they got to cut car. out a lot of the features of the car, and you're basically just buying a drivetrain, right? And and that's how you're, you know, you're you're you get yourself a Chevy Bolt for forty thousand dollars. Yeah, something we have like one that. on our long term test fleet. Actually, it's a, it's yeah. a great thing. I mean, the Chevy's done a really good job with that car. But if you're Jaguar. You can't make a Chevy Bolt. You have to have something that has the essence of Jaguar. And if you're Porsche, especially. And I would say this about BMW as well, right? They built a brand around a certain a level of performance. Porsche has to meet a certain level of performance around their track. You know, they're not drag racing people, but there's going to be a certain amount of performance around a road course and uh, that needs to meet the standards of Porsche. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they do it. I, look, first of all, I think they're going to do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't release the car. Yeah. Right. And it's got 600 horsepower. We yeah, know that it's going to have 600 horsepower, some version of all-wheel drive, whatever that means yeah, these days. Yeah, it's got days. two motors, yeah. Um, uh, and we, we're all big fans of Porsche, so I, I'm, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how how they do it, you know? I think the tricky thing is the sound. I think they can they can make it handle great. It is going to be you know ridiculously quick with all that torque that an electric motor gives you. You know, what you will lose is is that that noise but i mean we've already yeah. seen with the you know in the boxster and the cayman four-cylinder motors that don't sound anywhere near as good as the old sixes so you know they've already you know, they've just got to move with the times haven't they and i think and it looks yeah. great it'll be ridiculously quick i'm sure it'll handle well so you know they've got to they've got to got to be there haven't they yeah you know on the on the on the, on the idea of porsches um uh, i want to ask you about the uh the Singer Porsche, I didn't get to spend much time with it over at Goodwood, but I think you've got a chance to at least look at it a bit, and maybe we can tell us why this thing is so much money, um, or just your thoughts on it. But first, uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Continental. If you think of all the weird things that we find in cars, 
You know I'm not talking about your garden variety French fries and melted crayons. I'm talking about things like live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that makes you just wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are continental belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on a majority of BMWs and VWs. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has the OE technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. This is that serpentine belt that everybody has on. All the new cars have this on there. So listen, if you... uh, You know, you get enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. So check that out. Porsche, or the guys at Singer, have been working with... Maybe Marino, Franchini, and Williams, and a couple. There's a yeah. whole bunch of people. Williams Engineering, yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of fancy names to take a car that was damn near perfect, if not perfect already, for, I don't know, three hundred and fifty to $500,000, depending on the options. Carbon fiber, body, great engine, interior, fantastic. Uh, we've seen beautiful photos of this car. And they come out at Goodwood, and they debut a version that's uh, 1.5, 1.8, something, yeah. 1.8 million. Um Great. Looks great. Looks exactly like the other ones, though. So I'm kind of wondering how did they get to – now, to be fair, I didn't get a chance to talk to anybody at Singer. I mean, I don't know what the thing is made out of, but it seemed like they already were there all, you know, with the top quality car. How do they add – how do they triple the price? Yeah, I mean, it's the relationship with Williams and the technology and the material use and everything else. But I, I'm kind of with you that the whole joy of Singers was they were – they were taking a, a 964, then you were sort of bespoke in it, it was your car, and it was kind of a high, you know, it's half a million dollars, an insane amount of money, but it was kind of something that you imagine, you know, you win the lot, that, that's what you do. When you take it a 1.8 or 1.5 million, it's just yeah. such a lot of, you know, such a such a huge leap. Uh, and, and I guess they're looking at a market saying, you know, our customers, you know, what they're spending on a boat or what they're spending on a jet, you know, this is not this is not such a crazy amount of money. And I, I'm sure it will be um, as a piece of engineering and as a piece of art. It will be it will be fabulous, and I, I like the company. I like what they're doing. I think they've they've done a fantastic job so far. I just hope they're not sort of stretching themselves too far. Yeah, I, I again, I don't I don't think it's about. Hey, we've got a cool car. It's for a very special client, and it's one point eight million. My issue is is they've already made a very special car yeah. for one third the price. And you could say, hey, Williams is involved and so-and-so is involved. They're like, okay. Uh, so we get these guys involved. There are some fees involved with that, maybe some licensing fees. Not $1.8 million for the licensing fees or, or an extra million dollars in licensing fees. So I would like to dig into that at some point. Maybe we'll we'll invite somebody from Singer over here to the studio to chat with us a little bit about it. But it looks fantastic, and they always have. Uh, I just didn't know if you had a chance to get over there and take a look at it at all. I'm hoping to visit them actually in a few weeks here in here in LA. I mean, they exist in a kind of market where people want to spend a lot of money. I remember doing many years ago doing the um, launch the Maybach when Mercedes tried to originally yeah. came to bring Maybach back, and we've just had a. In fact, if you check out our YouTube channel, we just had the latest situation in now. But I was on a flight to, to see this vehicle in New York, and and I was talking to potential owners. And they were complaining this thing wasn't expensive enough that too many people could afford it. Um, and I wonder whether Singer's sort of in that in that place where they people just want to spend more and more because it's it's a status symbol. It's a you know they want to have the most expensive. It's like watches, isn't it? It's that yeah. same sort of mentality. It's weird that they're sticking with the the Maybach thing when that came out, and then uh, the new versions of the Rolls Royce under BMW management came out, and Rolls Royce seemed to get it right. Yeah. They did, but I mean, we've just had. If you say check out our YouTube channel, we just done a, a film with the the latest S Class Maybach, um, and it's actually, I mean, it's beautifully engineered. It's a bit more discreet than a Rolls Royce, but it's yeah. still two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, and that's a lot of money to spend on what is fundamentally a stretched, slightly tarted up S Class. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like 
the audience for that wants something that screams a little bit more like, check out my fancy car. Yeah. Um, understandably so. Like, that's why you buy a Rolls-Royce Ghost. That's why you buy a Bentley or a Bentley Bentega. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, best driven at night. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you buy that thing. Um, uh, the Rolls-Royce, a little side note about the Rolls-Royce Wraith. We've got an old car cast video that I did, and I just did like the biggest burnout ever in a Rolls-Royce Wraith. That thing has so much torque, you just power break it and just tears up tires. But it only does it like twice, and then it starts saying that the uh, – it's like, oh, we're, we're not going to let you do this anymore. The car starts to show you notes saying, eh, we're starting to exceed the temperature – that we're comfortable with in the transmission, and uh, Chris, I, Chris shot it. Chris filmed it for us. We were out, we were out. Uh, let's just say a closed course <laughs> with permits, <laughs> and uh, we did a big, big ass burnout in a Rolls Royce Wraith. I like that car. You almost want the kind of voice command to come over and say, "Like this is not yeah. very appropriate." He yeah. should be a British accent. Yeah, as well. it's, it's, sorry, Matt. Sorry, it's not, not very appropriate. No, it could be you. It could be Jarvis. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> it's not, yeah. not what I was built for. Uh, I'm sure you noticed that the uh, the pace cars um, were Rolls Royce Cullinan SUVs. Well, the Rolls the Rolls Royce factory, of course, is it's, is on the Goodwood Estate. It's there, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, there. Lord March basically leases the land to BMW to build the Rolls Royce factory, yeah. and as a result of that, he chugs around in a in a Phantom um, or maybe a Cullinan now. Yeah, what did you think of that? I so. First of all, they had it there all like tiger striped with the crazy with the crazy uh, 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 camouflage on it. Um, I like that it's big because it should be if it's Rolls Royce. Yeah. And I haven't been in it yet. Uh, from what I've seen, it's going to look and feel like a Rolls Royce. And I can imagine that the most complicated thing for them to accomplish is if you've driven a Rolls Royce – you get to experience what they call the what they call the magic carpet ride. It it is the nicest riding car on the planet, right? Like I can't think of anything else that's as that glorious, you know. And then it has this giant shag carpet. I don't know what kind of animal it's made out of, but you just take your shoes off and curl your toes in that thing. Yeah. And it's like it's Rolls Royce, yeah, right? It's wonderful. So, how do you make an SUV that actually can go off road? No one's ever going to go off road in it. No, but if you can go off road in it, how do you give it that magic carpet ride? Oh, here's the video of this burnout. Watch this thing here. Chris has got. The- <laughs> yeah, that's just wrong. Yeah, I said that to Rolls Royce, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, you're done." <laughs> actually, I forgot to tell you we were, talk- we were talking about it off air, but I forgot to tell you about the burnout mode in the McLaren. Yeah, which I should do. Watching that reminded me. So it's a, it's nice, Andy. So, in the, so I'm sat there on the start line, the 600 LT, and and the guy says, "Right, you know, I'll teach you about the burnout mode." And apparently, one of the engineers developing the car. Uh, That's a real off. thing. It's not launch mode. It's not drift mode. No, it's it's so this so one of the engineers was basically at night sitting around with his computer and engineered this mode just as a bit of fun. So you get to start. So launch control is all about getting off the line quickly. Yeah, this this is not. So the the trick is you have to drive you have to drive up the line, stop the vehicle, take your foot off the brake. So for launch mode, you have your foot on the brake and then and the and gas then you, pedal down to the floor and you activate launch control. So all you do in this is drive up to the start line foot off the brake wait and then you have to jump on the throttle and what the computer actually measures the speed at which you press the throttle if it recognizes that you basically kicked it as hard as you can it activates burnout mode spins the rpm up to about five thousand, and then just dumps the clutch and you just sit there so i was getting coming <laughs> off the style and the back end goes light and wiggles around a little bit yeah uh, and Robin's next. He said, "Do you know? Do you know what you're doing?" Because apparently another journalist had put it in the hay bales off the start line. But I was like, mm, "Okay, we'll give it a go." And so it fishtailed off the start line. You grab second. It continues to fishtail. Apparently, into third gear, it starts to get a little bit hairy as the rear end starts. So it just stays in burnout mode the whole time, pretty much till well till the tires actually bite and away you go. But it's great. This kind of juxtap. It's a bit like a Rolls Royce film. The juxtaposition between a McLaren, yeah. all this sophisticated engineering, and then a burnout mode that you'd expect yeah. to find in a Hellcat. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, if you don't have the uh, professional driver sitting next to you, that's going to be crash mode. Well, watch the, watch the, <laughs> watch the video on our, our YouTube channel. 
Yeah, you have it up there already? Yeah, it's up there already. Check it out. Check it out. If you just go to the Edmonds uh, YouTube channel, it's sitting right there. And you do the burnout in the video? We do the burnout. We well, do the burnout straight off the start line, yeah. We'll, we'll see if Chris can find it while we keep t- chatting here. What do you think of the Rolls Royce, Cullinan? I think it's going to be a great piece of engineering, but I can't get on with the way it looks. Yeah. You should have a Google of something called the Metro Cab, which used to run around <laughs> London many years ago, and then squint a bit, and you've got the Cullinan. It's interesting. None of the brands, Bentley, Bentayga's not a great-looking car. The first-generation Cayenne wasn't a great-looking car. It's almost like whenever a luxury brand does a first-generation SUV, they try yeah. and craft onto it all the styling cues that we know from a sedan and turn it into an SUV, and it never works. Okay, Lamborghini Urus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the rear... The rear, I know it's getting geeky, but the yeah. rear door handle yeah. treatment on one of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, another case, another casing point that I saw one on the road actually in, in, in London, um, and it looked better on the road than it does on, on the show stand. But yeah, another case, not a good looking car. Now, did I just read that Aston Martin wants to do an SUV? Yes, that is happening. That will be a kind of jacked up sort of sedan SUV. Yeah, so it will, it'll, be a, it'll be a Lamborghini Who, rival. Whose platform? Is that theirs or are they going to do something with Mercedes, you think? It'll be Mercedes engines um yeah i probably should know this, like an amg just, engine or something it'll be yeah because they have yeah. a they have a, a, a partnership on the engines the platform uh if they have announced it i've missed it so right and i i, I imagine they're going to get into some sort of hybrid technology not straight up electric right away because uh they have a brand still built on 12 cylinders lamborghini as well right they have a, a brand built on now 10 cylinder and 12 cylinders so they'll probably do some sort of hybrid version uh i imagine in in the suv which is an eight cylinder well this is why they they need to they need these partnerships why aston needs a a partnership with mercedes for the engines why lamborghini needs to be part of the volkswagen group because it's just too expensive to to develop this stuff yourself yeah um interestingly mclaren are developing hybrid all their vehicles will, will have some sort of electrification by 2022 i think it is um, they're working on on that independent, but the, you know they're building four and a half thousand cars a year at the moment. That's going up, but they were saying categorically they will never do an SUV, or at least not before twenty twenty five. They were absolutely adamant about it. Right, and their only all wheel drives are right now would be like the P one, uh, only something with some sort of hybrid technology. They're sticking pretty much with rear wheel drive. And again, I think it kind of plays into the lightness that you were talking about. Yeah, and if you're yeah. only selling five, 6,000 cars a year, you can do that. Yeah. So they're just going to say, we're going to build carbon fiber monocoque, mid-engine uh, supercars, basically, yeah. and then hybridize them. In. Here's, uh, here's your video. This is up on the Edmunds, uh, on the Edmunds uh, YouTube page. You can see uh, it's the 2019 McLaren 600 LT. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got an insane driver. <laughs> a slightly nervous driver at this point. Uh, let's see. Look at all that smoke. Man, this thing's fast. There you go. Nice little launch. Pretty, pretty I nervous. I like the exhaust it? coming out the back. You can get a different view of it. Um, uh, it looks good, man. Yeah. You like that car? Yeah, I, lo- I loved it. But you're right. I was talking to Gilbert. I know Gilbert got a little off at, at Goodwood. But, you know, it is there by the grace of God. Go, you got 60,000 people watching and millions more on TV. Yeah. And it is a guy's driveway. I mean, we shouldn't forget this. It's, a, it's one mile long, but it is the Duke of Richmond's drive. So it's not set up to be a race circuit. No. Uh, unfortunately, Goldberg uh, hit a couple little hay bales, but uh, and he was super bummed about it. But, but what are you going to do, man? Like, adrenaline's pumping. It's a racing event. You want to do well. He had a couple practice sessions because he got there early. He raced his truck last year. He did well. Uh, you know, um, you know, shit happens. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, he was here. He owned up to it. He apologized to everybody who owns the truck because he's a good dude. And, and, uh, and now I'm going to see him, uh, I think, next week. Next week, we're going to Roadkill Nights, August 11th. We're doing uh, Roadkill Nights up in Michigan, and uh, we're doing a live car cast show up there. And then we're going to drag race a couple of Hellcats down Woodward Avenue. That's why I've got that bright orange thing out in the parking lot. And uh, uh, it'll be fun, but I think it's just going to be a burnout contest. I'm not sure how we're going to get that damn car to hook up. Terrible job. Um, on, uh, on that token, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about, uh, about Dodge. Summer is almost here. It actually is here. So hurry into your local Dodge dealership today and get deals on the only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars. I say it's here. The summer's here. But like in Colorado, it's hail. It's hail and rain and hail. Uh, 
Guys, check out this lineup of cars. You've heard us say it before. We've got the Dodge Charger. This is the only muscle car in its class to throw you in the back of your seat with 300 horsepower, and it still gets 30 miles per gallon. The Dodge Challenger, you could take the streets by storm with the most affordable V8 in its class. The Dodge Journey, this is the most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And the Dodge Durango, you can tear through spring showers, like if you're in Colorado, with the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. And then, of course... uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I thought there was I thought there was another one um but uh there's not. So, hurry into your Dodge dealership and start your introduction to the Brotherhood of Muscle. Should I talk about a Dodge I've just bought as a segue? Yeah, I do want to ask bought, you about we've that. I just bought. Yeah. You got the best job, man. You get to spend uh you spend the boss's money. Yeah, that's true. Um what did you guys get? So, we were actually I mean this this year is almost like the year of the trucks for us. So, actually we've got we got. Uh, we're just about to drive the Silverado, the Chevy Silverado, which um, we own a Ford F one fifty, and we've just been out and bought a, a new Ram fifteen hundred. So we're going to put them all together in the not too not too distant future. So the Silverado you haven't gotten into yet. Quite we yet. are driving that in the next couple of weeks, right? So, um, but the F one fifty you've got a lot of time, and you guys already have that in the fleet. Yeah, and you got the new the new Ram, and we've got the new Ram which we've just been out and been out and purchased. Um, so this is this is kind of interesting. I mean, this happens once every roughly seven years uh, that we get brand new full size trucks. I mean, the F one fifty has been around a little while now, but the Ram and the Silverado are, but are this all is, new. This is such a big deal for all of these brands. They they invest a billion dollars into the R and T. They sell a million of these things a year. Uh, it, this is this is a huge money maker for all three of these companies for the big three because these are the most profitable cars in their lineup. Yeah, I actually just pulled some some sales figures before I came here. This is year to date through to the end of June. So Ford F Series four hundred and fifty thousand units. Uh, second Chevy Silverado just under three hundred thousand. This is the, the first half of the year. This is just through the end of June. So this is the first six months of the year. Ram pickup two hundred and thirty three thousand. So it kind of makes you realize yeah. just how critical these vehicles are, and they're big margin vehicles. You know, Ford Ford either makes loads of money and sells loads of F one fifties. Or it doesn't sell the F-150 and it, it doesn't make any money. It's right. as simple as that. That's it. All the yeah. other cars are dressing. Pretty much. <laughs> it is. Like the whole the whole thing is fueled on on these trucks. Tell me why you think the F-150 has been the most dominant in sales for so long. Do you think it's at this point now it's just a loyalty game? Or th- or do they do they make a, a, a good truck? Do they make a better truck? It's a great truck and actually it does a um, – you know they they do a good job with it. It's not just selling on 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 reputation. Um, in fact, all these vehicles have come on so far. When you think where trucks were ten, fifteen, fifteen years ago, and I actually took the our Ram home last night and spent some proper time in it. And it's it's so. I mean, we spent sixty thousand dollars on this thing. It's a it's a lot of truck. And we were we were actually working. And that's not the most expensive. That's getting on that way, actually. I mean, we would get one of the things we always play with as um, as a company is: do we buy the base model or do we buy like the biggest seller? And more often than not, we do. But in this case, we wanted to try the gadgets, so we got the big screen, we got right. a lot of the towing capacity, we got a lot of a lot of things to play with. Because what we're trying to say to people is: is it worth paying the extra for the big screen? Are you getting yeah, value? That kind of thing. I, I would even add: get the one with all the gadgets on it because. Somebody might get a less expensive one with one or two of those gadgets, and you guys should be able to test and evaluate all the gadgets. So if you tell somebody, hey, get the base model because you're a work truck, but but somebody wanted it with the Wi-Fi or something so they can print invoices or do whatever that feature is, you guys got to have the one that with all the goodies on it because you can tell them, hey, we liked everything except for the Wi-Fi or we liked everything except for whatever or whatever, right? Yeah, or don't buy – Do you know? we would recommend buying this. We wouldn't recommend paying, paying for yeah. this. That, that, that's exactly right, and that's the kind of mentality behind yeah. it. Um, and these things are properly luxurious. I mean what I really appreciate is the attention to detail that goes into all of them now, that people actually sit there and think about how these – how these tricks are used, where you're going to put your stuff, where you're going to put your cell phone so that it charges. What are those? Yeah. You know, little things like the RAM has on top of the on top of the dashboard, you have a little PowerPoint, which is where you plug in your, you know, your extra gadget, your extra camera, something like that. And somebody's actually thought about how people 
use these vehicles. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, there's, you know, when you compare where they were 10 years ago to where they are today, it's just, it's a world away. I mean, it's properly luxurious. It really is. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny because I, it feels like the R&D budget for the trucks is big enough that they can do so much, like, not just testing on parts, but uh, like focus grouping stuff. Like, where do you put your phone? Where yeah. are you using it? And, and should we plug it in? Should it be just like a charging pad? Or, or, you know, do you use a pen? Do you write stuff down? Like, where do you put your pen? Do you drink a big gulp? Do you drink coffee? Do you, do you have three cups at, at once? Because throughout the day, like, how much time are you spending in your vehicle, right? Yeah, and how much are you living with it? Where do you plug things in? And, and they're, you know, they are, a, a, I mean, frankly, they're big enough to be at home. I mean, that's the only thing I struggle <laughs> yeah. with them is just how, particularly here in California, it's less of a problem elsewhere in the U.S. But, you know, they are huge. And that's the, that's the problem with them. The, the tough thing to, to really kind of test, I think, from, from, from your point of view, from a, from a journalist's point of view, is is the long term I mean you guys do a year but yeah. uh you know you know here's the thing about trucks is is in 12 months you can put 5 years of wear and tear on that thing because trucks oftentimes can get very very used yeah. you know I mean we can put 10,000 miles a year on a car but there's truck owners that can put 40 50,000 miles yeah. a year I mean, as a default, we try to do 20,000 miles in a year in, in each of our vehicles as a kind of heavier use than the norm. But uh, yeah. And also, the, the advantage we have is get lots of different drivers through it and lots of people using it for different purposes. So, so that helps. And one of the things we're always big on, for example, is towing. Because I think there's some statistic that I think it was Dodge was shooting or, or Chevy that you know, 70, 70% of truck buyers, or full-size truck buyers, are towing once a month. So we always make sure, you know, how we we just done a actually just done a tow test with a, an Airstream, which was quite cool. That video yeah. is coming out yeah, pretty yeah. soon with our with our Ram and, a, and an Airstream. So we, you know, we're constantly thinking about how these vehicles are used, and of course we we treat the trucks differently to we would if we had our Jag SVR, for example. Yeah. Well, what I like about this is when you get into sort of the finer points of it, like when EcoBoost started coming out, we have turbo six cylinders, your nerdy little counterpart, Dan Edmonds over there, um, who's your uh, director of vehicle testing. He is. Um, nerdy. I think I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think you'd think that as a, he's, he's, on, he's on vacation. Though. I think you'd actually see that as a, as a compliment. Oh, it is a compliment. And he listens to the show. Oh, you know. no, it is a compliment because I do count on that guy. By the way, I text him too and ask, some, ask him questions like this. I'm like, hey, a friend's looking to get an F-150. Should he get an EcoBoost or should he get the eight-cylinder? And he'll come back with, is he going to tow or not? And what rear-end gear is he going to get? Because if he gets a certain rear-end gear, you might as well just get the V8. Well, I think what you don't realize about Dan, Dan used to develop trucks for a living. Dan is a a vehicle test engineer by by trade and profession, as are other members of the test team. And I kind of, without without giving you the big sell, this is kind of what sets our team apart. I mean, it's not my background, but I kind of came into Edmunds and, and, you know, there's a real depth of integrity and and an engineering expertise that, you know, I don't possess. And I don't think, you know, 1% of, of, of automotive journalists do. He likes to really look at suspension parts. Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan there, is, there is sometimes, you know, when you're kind of racing to a meeting, yeah. and it's like you ask, you ask a question about wheel rim width diameter or, you know, <laughs> suspension kinematics. And, yeah. yeah. But I love that guy. It. we got to get him in here because uh, we're going to have some good questions for him as well. I'm going to find out if he does listen to the show now. Oh. He keeps telling me he does, so we'll, yeah, find, we'll out. find out. We'll find out if he does. Uh, Dan's going to tweet. Chris knows him too. He's been in a bunch of times. Um, how's the Ram? Tell us what's your overall impression so far when you're cruising the mean streets of Manhattan Beach <laughs> in your full size, uh, full size fifteen hundred Ram. Well, I took it home last night. I can't park it in my garage. I had to park no. it, park it on the street. But yeah, which everybody out there loves. It took it's three smart cars. Got no place to park tonight. Exactly. So this is this is kind of off. We've gone for a really weird trim. This is off white with beige interior, fake wood, and a bit of uh, Alcantara. So oh. it's about as far removed from a kind of alpha male truck as you can as you can get as you can make a Ram to be. Um, it's kind of interesting. I drove it home last night and drove it into work this morning. When you look at the level of refinement and comfort in that, and and it's huge. I mean, there's there's so much space for five people. And then I drove up here to, today to meet you in in a, in a Range Rover that just happened to have on uh, on test. And I'm in and out of different vehicles of you know from everything um, every week. And 
Yeah, clearly the Range Rover is more luxurious and more refined, but jumping from a truck into what is a luxury SUV, the leap is not nearly as much as, as you might think now. Right, yeah. And the, and also the technology that is, is built into these trucks is is fabulous. And, and it's, uh, you know, you can... You know, you can enjoy this as a daily vehicle, and it can it can you can be a workhorse during the week, and then you know you can go and have fun with the family at the weekend and tow whatever you want. And I totally get it. I totally get why people are you know why why they're so popular. It used to be back in the day that you know you'd get an F one fifty with leather interior, you get a Ram with leather interior. It's not a Range Rover. It's the quality of materials that are different. And now it just seems like it's really getting kind of pretty close. You know, like we're really starting to see some pretty nice. Uh, of interiors on some of the the higher end trucks like you're going to tell me a lincoln navigator black label is any less of a truck than that range rover that you're in uh <laughs> i'm not sure you know i'm not sure uh, we'll find out yeah um and i like the attention i like the attention the, the ram actually is you open the the rear doors there's like a little bin underneath the footwell so they've obviously found a bit of room in the chassis yeah and they've put in what looks like a trash can but you can take it out you can throw it away so if you want to cool your cokes or your beers if you're in the back yeah you know little little things like that you think actually these guys you get the feeling that people care and it's the same to be fair it's the same with the f-150 and i think it'll be the same with the silverado as well but you actually realize people are sitting there at night thinking about this stuff rather than just yeah. you know bolting together a truck and off you go all all the little nooks and crannies and hidden uh and compartments and stuff that you can put in trucks i i've always wondered why they keep putting uh, james bond in a sports car because uh what's his name who over there who who modifies the cars with the rockets and the missiles and the oil slicks uh, q q if you used a truck yeah if you used a truck there's so many things you can put in there well they had a didn't they have a defender truck in the last one Maybe. oh i didn't see the last maybe one. i think one of the defenders went for crazy money at auction the other week but anyway, oh yeah i digress was that a james bond one or was that like a laura croft one I think it was one that was a Bond one used in the Maybe movie. it was a Bond yeah. one. I don't know. <laughs> I was watching, um, what was the uh, the new Mamma Mia film? This is a terrible admission, but I was watching the new Mamma Mia film. And, and right done. <laughs> <laughs> and right, okay. right in the middle of that is the worst piece of product, tra- uh, product placement for a Mercedes truck. You know there's a Mercedes truck in Europe. It's the worst piece of product placement. If you are dragged to watch that movie. A Mercedes pickup truck? A Mercedes pickup truck in, 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 in Europe. Yeah. And it's the worst piece of product placement you've ever seen, right in the middle of the Mamma Mia movie. Have you driven one of those? No. They're not... They look quite nice, actually. They're really uh, yeah, but they're not... They're pretty plain Jane. Like, like, like they're a base model F-150 or something for us out here. Like, don't think you're going to get a Mercedes pickup truck and you're going to get in it and it's an S-Class. No. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice truck, but also it's a smaller truck. So right, it's because not a, Mercedes, it's not you know, we, it's easy for us to forget out here that Mercedes makes so many, like, utility type of vehicles and vans and things like that and, and semi-trucks, whatever. For sure. You know, that we sort of forget out here. We, we see all the, the cool fancy stuff. But, uh, you know, we, I mean, we've seen it with Volvo and all kinds of trucks just running around in, in, in the U.K. And, and Italy where I was yeah. not long ago. Uh, you know, both both my cabs were, were Mercedes, <laughs> you know, going to and from airports were Mercedes. And uh, it's just that's what pulled up first. It wasn't, you know, and I saw a cop car and a BMW. So, well, uh, an E-Class is the German taxi. Yeah. And it's uh, Mercedes incredible job of, of and that's partly why things like the CLS exist, because if the E-Class is the taxi, then the CLS is what you buy. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm going to f- tell you guys a little bit more about J.B. Weld, and I want to f- hear what's next with you guys before we uh, before we take off. You know, J.B. Weld, you know, over here, we like to do things. We like to make things here at, Cast- at CarCast. That's why we're happy to have a new member of the team, J.B. Weld. You probably know them. Of course you do. If you listen to this, you know J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld has been America's favorite epoxy for 50 years. If you have a big or small project in your home, garage, workshop, or craft room, and you need a strong, dependable, and permanent adhesive, something with with some real strength to it, try JB Weld Epoxy. It's super easy to use. You can find it online and in all of your favorite places, including Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, Advanced Auto Parts, Walmart, and Amazon. You guys can click over to a carcastshow.com, see that Amazon banner? Click on it, go buy some JB Weld. All the places you hang, whether you're at a 
whether you're a pro or experienced DIYer, you'll find JB Weld. It's made in the USA, and it's the best you can use. Can you love an epoxy? I'll tell you what. Yes, you can. We do over here. (laughs) Your projects deserve the best. It's what we use when we need the best results. JB Weld, world's strongest bond. What's next for you guys? You Uh, You got your Silverado. Oh, we got a Silverado, which is yeah. big news. So we've just been in uh, San Francisco as we speak, actually. Mark Takahashi's up there for his driving the new Bullet Mustang. And you, you've had a play in that as well. Oh, actually, I'm going um, to go, as we're recording this, um, I'm going to leave in like a day, and I'm going to go up to San Francisco, uh, do a day or two in the Mustang Bullet, but then I'm going to drive it home. I'm going to drive it back to L.A. and keep it for a week. And check out the um, the original Bullet Mustang, which they've got up there. The one that was at Goodwood. Yeah, it's uh, also also up there. So we've been. Uh, if you go to our social media, you can see some uh, see some pictures of that now. Um, Silverado test. We're off to to Sweden shortly to drive the new um, Lexus, the UX, the little one. Um, all sorts of things going on. Lots of new developments on the site as well. So well, well worth checking out. Edmunds dot com. And um, how you've been doing? Okay, you've been paying your fines. <laughs> I've, uh, I'll be paying my McLaren. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, we yeah. were talking about it earlier. He got a he got a ticket in the mail, uh, like a photo ticket in in London. They sent it to McLaren, and then they sent it to him. They're like, "This is you, buddy. You better pay up." <laughs> I was trying to slide this for expenses. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> it's now. not going to happen. This is all on you. This is out of your pocket. So basically, my rich, but <laughs> if you go into central London during the week. There is a congestion charge zone, which basically means you have to pay £11. That's about $15 to actually drive into the city centre if you're not in an electric car. And I would completely forgotten about it. I, After Goodwood, I, I went back up to town to see some friends and see my see my folks. Um, and McLaren very kindly lent me a 720S. So I drove up to town, stayed with a friend, parked it on the ground. And on Monday, then drove back to McLaren to fly home and didn't think too much about it. And suddenly realized that I actually driven through the center of London, got on the plane, forgot all about it. So now I have this 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 thing arrived in the post, which is a fine for London congestion charge. And on it is this picture of me in a 720S <laughs> in the center of town. It just looks ridiculous. <laughs> I was telling us like, you need to change that to your new social media profile picture. <laughs> so I've got a $100 fine. It's like, it's like fine. using the mugshot when you get arrested, but you could use that. I don't, I don't understand it. Do you, is it like out here, like fast pass? Like if you don't have the fast pass on your dash, you get the ticket or how do you? How do, you, how do you pay normally or you're not supposed to drive on those roads? So you have cameras all over London which read your number plate and take a picture of you. Picture of you. Um, and then you have to go online. If you if you own a car, you can pre-register and then the camera spot it and know that you're, you're registered. Obviously, this wasn't my car. So it reads the number plate and then you have to go online and, and pay £11, $15, and then you're good to go for the day. Um, I just forgot. So apologies, McLaren, sort of the hassle. I think we have that. Like if you drive down south and you get on like the 73 toll road if you're going to Newport or something, like you can just get – I think that's the one – that you can get on it, and then you'll see a sign that'll say something like paytoll.com. And then, like, afterwards, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you could just type in, like, you get a certain amount of days, like two days, three days, and you can type in where you exited and, you know, got on and got off and just paid ahead of time. Yeah, it gives you a choice. You could either pay the fine or the toll. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll pay the toll. He chose to pay the yeah. fine. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks, Alistair. Thanks for coming in. I always enjoy the conversation. I'm going to go have some fun with the Mustang Bullet. And then we're going to uh, go to Michigan and, and, and do a live car cast show. Hope you guys come out for that. What we're thinking, I'm getting a little more information about it, is we're going to be at uh, the Roadkill Nights, um, Woodward Avenue. Again, I haven't been there, so I don't know. They're going to be drag racing all day on Saturday. Leah Pritchett, Matt Hagen, that there's uh, top fuel cars or funny cars out there, and uh, they're just drag racing throughout the day. And around four o'clock, we're going to be doing car cast live on top of the Dodge semi truck, and then uh, uh, we're going to talk to the CEO of of, of Dodge, Fiat, Chrysler. Uh, we're going to yeah, talk to well, uh, yeah. we're going to talk to that guy. We'll maybe talk to Leah Pritchett. We're going to talk to drag yeah. racing. Um, yeah, things are changing. Um, so we'll get down, uh, we'll get some of the details on that. So I think that's going to happen around four o'clock, uh, you know, local time in Michigan. And then something around six or six thirty, they're going to do sort of this celebrity, you know, drag race competition. Um, some of our friends, uh, 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 I think, uh, 
Chris Jacobs is going to be out there and, and, and Freiberger and Finnegan and I don't know who, but uh, maybe we'll just turn it into a burnout contest. Um, then we'll be back for a week and then we go to Monterey. Are you going to Monterey? You going I am going to Monterey. Monterey. Yeah, yeah. You are? Hugely excited about it. Right? Have you been? Has it been forever? I've been once, but that was a good few years ago. So very excited. Well, we will be up there. Of course, you're going to find us at the track because we love the track. We're bringing the Paul Newman's 1985 GT1 Championship race car. If you guys seen on my social media, we put a little teaser video up. We haven't run that car in 33 years. Well, we haven't owned it, but it hasn't run in 33 years. We just finished rebuilding it, and uh, uh, we're going to hit the dyno with it. We're going to do a little track testing before we get out there, but so far, so good. It's running good. It's running strong. We got a big presence with Nissan out there. Saturday, come to the track. If you're in the area, I know it's expensive up there, and I know it's expensive to stay, but if you're in the area, buy tickets to the track on Saturday. Come out. See us. We're going to be doing, Adam and I are going to be doing CarCast Live around noon in the Nissan booth at the track. Um and then uh, he'll be back in the car that Saturday as well. He's racing in the morning and then racing in the afternoon. Um, and we'll we'll be at the Quail. Are we going to see you at the Quail? You'll see me at the Quail? Oh. We you, just sound, you won't, you it won't, sounds terrible, doesn't it? You won't see uh, Chris at the Quail. He'll be eating and drinking and running around. He will be there. <laughs> but you probably won't see him much. Be, I'll be a big blur. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. a big blur. And you won't be able to talk to him. His mouth will be full. <laughs> That's a crazy uh, event. I love it. But It's it, a fantastic it event. Um, as uh, uh, Tune in this Friday as well for CarCast. Speaking of the quail, we're going to have Gordon McCall on CarCast. Uh, he's calling in to give us a... Uh, give us an update on what are the featured cars at the Quail and his uh, Jet Center event that he does on Wednesday night as well. So, um, and a lot of good auction stuff. Uh, all right. So, thanks for coming in. You guys check out uh, Edmunds.com. Go check out the video of Alistair going up the hill in the six and the six hundred LT McLaren. He did not hit anything on the way, so it's a win for you. He did get a ticket, so that's a lose for you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Goldberg dented the truck and doesn't have to pay for it. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So for, for Chris and for Goldberg and for Alistair and uh, me, I'm Matt D'Andrea. Uh, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.